It's the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 92, powered by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, a proud sponsor of the JT and Looney Podcast. And <laughs> wait, let me rephrase that. Who knows if they're proud to be associated with us? But we are proud to have Bet Online as a sponsor of the JT and Looney Podcast. We're right smack dab in the middle of the July. Great month for wagering on sports. And if you're not betting on sports, you need to add that vice to your life. What are you doing with your life if you're not wagering on sports? NBA Finals is over, but we've got some great baseball props to bet on. Oh, oh and great NFL props. I was just looking at that. NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes, 350 Plus 350. You bet 100, you win $350. Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, the team of my childhood. Plus 900. Bet 100, win $900. That's not a bad. That's not bad. Bet a dollar, win nine. Bet $10, win 90. Bet $100, win 900. If Josh Allen is your 2021 NFL MVP. The most important thing here bet online. Visit the website today. And get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just for being friends with JT and Looney. So before the next pitch or before the next kickoff, we got, <laughs> we got football coming up. Head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now let me see if I can push the right button and bring up JT. The quiet man named John from Las Vegas, Nevada. If you go to his house, he really is a quiet man named John. He doesn't yell like he does on the radio. Well, let me see if I can do this. Tell me when we're recording and I'm ready. Oh, I pushed the record button. It's the JT and Looney podcast. I don't even know what episode it is because I have so much fun. I don't care about episodes. It's I like don't either. I think it's 92. I always have to take a look, you know, when I uh, when I spruce it up at the end. Because we both don't like UFC 182, UFC 251, UFC. Why, why do we have numbers? Like oh, my God. You, matter of UFC. fact, you have just encouraged me to even get rid of the numbers because, right, could you imagine if Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, their first fight, March of 1971 in Madison Square Garden, where Frank Sinatra couldn't even get a ticket, so he worked for Life magazine as their photographer and talked him into that, if that was heavyweight championship 87 <laughs> rather than Ali Frazier one. <sighs> you nailed it. It is incredible that they use that number, but it works for them as we stick to sports, at least in this portion of the podcast, Giannis Antetokounmpo yes. told me to get his name right. I'm one of the only people in the history of sports talk radio that can do two things. I can pronounce two names that no one else can. Louis Oostazen, or yes. <laughs> we like to say Louis Oostazen, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, that young man from Greece who was taken in a draft, the 15th pick overall, was a baby, like a little doe, non-developed, ended up winning the title, the MVP of the finals, put up one of the greatest finals ever, and he's got two regular season MVPs. Could he be all-time? potentially better than Durant. I'm not going Jordan and LeBron, but that guy who's very, very rabbit ears, the guy who goes into everyone's DMs, could Giannis be better than Durant? Well, first of all, yeah, he's not uh, Giannis. Antetokounmpo doesn't go into DMs. And by the way, even guys calling games, guys calling games can't 
say Giannis Santacumpo. They kind of fly through it. It's um, you know, and people wonder, people get insecure about the white privilege thing, but God, we we white sportscasters, if it's not Billy or Bobby, <laughs> we have a real tough time. There's something in our brains. Uh, here, I think give him a break. He just won a world championship for Milwaukee. No one's done that since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, maybe the best basketball player ever. And maybe that's what it takes for the Milwaukee Bucks to end up the world champions is, you know, drafting this time accidentally the best basketball player in the world at the moment. And before we start talking dynasty or where he goes and all time lists, now let them enjoy it a little bit. People were, as my rabbit ears were up listening to sports talk radio, I heard people talking about whether or not they could be a dynasty. And, you know, it took them 50 years between championships. Let them just enjoy this one because it's probably going to be another 50. <laughs> well, but remember, one of the things we work together so long is that whenever you see a team win a championship, it's natural to think they're going to win it next year. Kansas yep. City wins the Super Bowl. Of course, they're the Vegas favorite. Brady wins the Super Bowl. You expect them to win it. This team, is it's really remarkable what they did for a couple of reasons. And I really think this is important to put into this podcast. What he was able to do, he ended up going to Milwaukee, and he didn't complain about it. I think that has a lot to do with him being from Greece. He didn't look for the palm trees. He didn't have to be in Miami with Pat Riley. He was just in the country, and he was happy. No, yep. he said, I'm good with Milwaukee. They built a stadium, an arena for him. They built an arena for him. They put the hard hat on him as the shell was being built of the arena. And they said, this is for you. Then they paid Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, the number two, the Robin to Batman. They paid him to keep him. So they had really two really good players. Mm -hmm. And then they traded three picks, two, two first rounders, I think maybe three, but two for Drew Holiday. If they don't have Drew Holiday, zero chance. Right. Zero, they win. But as a lot of uh, callers have been pointing out that I've talked to, if Kevin Durant didn't wear that exact shoe size and it was just a half an inch smaller, Durant's foot that was on the line that went for two would have been a three and they would have won. And remember, they beat Brooklyn in overtime where Durant could have ended it in regulation. So by literally a few centimeters or half an inch, Durant could have eliminated them. And that had a big part with Milwaukee advancing. They would have got knocked out in the second round. Time. Oh, the would have, should have, could you tuck rule, right. et cetera. You know, it's amazing when you think of those small little things at the moment that change the course of history, like the tuck rule, uh, introducing us to the Patriots dynasty or, or uh, Durant's toe on the line, introducing us at least to a Milwaukee Bucks world championship. And I always used to use them as an example as we were on the, the air all those years together about how Laker fans would complain or Patriots fan would complain after a, a bad season. I was thinking, well, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks fans are the ones that have the right to complain and almost nobody else. And now they don't have to complain for a while. So that's great for the city of Milwaukee. I've used that city as an example of long suffering because uh, teams, you know, people who are fans of the Celtics or fans of the Lakers, as two examples, don't know what long-suffering means because they've had such great organizational stability. Giannis, 26 years old. This is in the NBA Finals. Average 35.2, 13.2 rebounds in the game, but the stats don't tell the story. He had an iconic block 
which will go down in finals yep. history. He had a dunk on an alley-oop to win the game that the cat contort his body. And then in the amazing. last game, he had all but two of his free throws, which was incredible considering Phoenix was mocking him. Every time he got on the free throw line, they'd go one, two, three. They'd count to 10 because there's supposed to be a 10-second clock. And he was awful at times in the series and in the closeout game. He had one of the best free throw nights in the history of the game. So want to congratulate him, but the debate shows really ripped the shit out of Chris Paul being the only player in the history of the league to lose four series in the playoffs up to nothing. Tom Looney, do you blame it on Chris Paul, Monty Williams, or the fact that this team was overlooking Milwaukee when they went up two games to none? Oh, they probably did. It was probably overlooking. You know, that's a really nice stat. You know, we have a friend, Steve Gorman, who was the longtime drummer of the Black Crows, and they would fill stadiums, and they would open for the Rolling Stones all across the world in stadiums with 92,000 people. And somebody once tweeted or sent an Instagram message to Steve Gorman saying that they heard he was the biggest douchebag in the Black Crows. I said, oh, my God, I'd love to be the biggest douchebag in the Black Crows or the biggest douchebag in the Rolling Stones or the biggest douchebag. in the So so Chris Paul in the history of NBA playoffs is one of the bigger douchebags in the history of the playoffs because he's been up two games to none in four different series and ended up losing. He'd still rather be in his shoes. He's one of the great basketball players in the world. He's, uh, he makes every team great, even the Clippers, when he was on the Clippers. No one made the Clippers great. They had all those first-round draft picks over all those years, and not until Chris Paul showed up did a Clipper win anything or get a commercial. Right, Chris Paul, not the Laker, the, the, the Clipper got the commercials with Chris Paul and State Farm Insurance. So if that's what you're looking for with Chris Paul, again, you're looking at the wart on Lincoln's face. He's a great basketball player. The red carpet is open if he'd like to come and play for the Los Angeles Lakers. And don't drop the lead. Let's not get to Chris Paul before we drop the lead of what Giannis Antetokounmpo has been able to do that nobody hasn't been able to do in the history of the NBA Jordan didn't, couldn't, you know, didn't have the opportunity to do it or Kobe or anybody you want to talk about, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or the old guys that uh, people well, always love to talk about. And that is, you know, come on, he has had to change cultures mm -hmm. twice from Africa to Greece and then from Greece to the United States, changing cultures and languages three times in his life well twice he'd go from africa to greece and then greece to the united states and americans have no concept of what that's like but it's one of the hardest things to do you have to learn a language and a culture and the humor and everything that goes and the language of nba plays and offenses and uh other people that look like you that might be black but don't talk like you or act like you and and it's a whole different culture and within a culture of the nba that he had to slide into yeah. all of that stuff the mental toughness that takes and the pliability of your brain to adjust to a new culture a new language and a new offense and a new sport because no one you know because somebody found you as a tall kid on a playground that's uh, that whole story is quite amazing. You know, the, my favorite video 
and post finals because there was a lot of locker room celebrations. Monty Williams went into the locker room, the head coach of Phoenix, to congratulate them. But the next day, which was the day before the parade, Giannis took a video that went viral. He was in line at Chick fil A. Yeah. And he said, he's going, I'm going to get with his accent 50 chicken McNuggets. They don't have chicken McNuggets. That's McDonald's. But he, <laughs> right. he didn't know he was going to get 50 chicken strips or whatever. And it was really 50. And I look at his salary. I think it's 28 million or whatever. Amazing. And he had in the on the floor of the truck, uh, the car, the MVP award. It's sitting right. in between his legs and he's ordering 50, as he said, McNuggets. <laughs> strangers in the car drive up. And I'm like, how amazing is this? This is someone now who's so down to earth. And my wife said it all the time. She picked up on it. What a great kid. I mean, what a, everything he says, people bitch and moan all the time about athletes making a mistake. We just mentioned Durant getting into your DMS, right? All of a sudden Brady's now talking politics. Oh, he took down the Trump hat in the locker. Right. Oh, he took it down. And then he's with Biden saying, Hey, I got a joke for you, Mr. President, right. sleepy Joe. And they call me sleepy Tom. Everybody's scared to death of what they say, but Giannis, everything he says is perfect. He's just so natural at being a rock star, superstar and humble. And that's why I'm so happy he won that ring. Yeah, because as I mentioned, his journey much more difficult than a lot of other people. You know, you never know what people's journey is. So I got to be careful about saying that. There's probably plenty of guys in the NBA within our own culture who had journeys that were incredibly difficult, but they're not always, you know, standing uh, on a soapbox talking about it. But his journey was uh, was pretty incredible in this life and so far. And so he's constantly pinching himself. He doesn't come with some of the social political baggage of our culture because he's not from it. So he's able to just shine at a time when the NBA really needs it. People don't like right now how, how so many of our star athletes are talking about politics and he doesn't cause he's not really from our pol social political culture and he's just having a ball uh, and it's all organic and it's fun to watch. I have an announcement. Okay. I'm retiring. Oh my goodness. I'm retiring from the red eye flight, which I've made legendary. I am the king of the red eye flight. My friends right. call me the king of transition because I like to be fast. That's one of the one things I want to remind everybody. I'm the king of transition. Yep. I know how to pack. I know how to get out in time and how to book. So I always joke with my friends, I'm the king of transition. But after my recent trip from Vegas to Jacksonville to go to St. Augustine on a family vacation, we tried the red eye, which I love my whole life, loved the red eye. And now I'm retiring because it kicked my ass 12, 10 flight in the morning, 12, 10 a.m. out of Vegas, delayed till 4 a.m. Why? I don't know. It never rains in Vegas ever. But the day I'm taking the red eye, there's was the light. plane there. That's always makes me nervous when you yeah. go. <laughs> oh, plane wasn't there. Plane <laughs> wasn't there. It was coming in from Chicago. And then going from Chicago to Vegas to Dallas, which you hope, you know, there's new pilots or not, but that's, that's a lot of work on these airplanes. And we're sitting there and it's, we get there and we get to the airport at like 1030, two hours. I had to uh, put some golf clubs and check them in. And then we're sitting at the gate and I look up and I said, Ooh, it's 2am. We're going to be delayed. But that's only an hour and 40 minutes. We can live with that. 
And then what I hate about these bleeping airlines when they lie to you, they just can't tell you the truth. They can't. Oh, tell they you the never do. They, ne- they don't tell you anything. And then it gets delayed till four. And my wife goes up to the counter and she was great. She's like, let's just go home. Whatever they, whatever we rebook for tomorrow, we live here. We'll just go home. It's only 20 minutes. We'll get a couple hours sleep and come back. I said, no, no, let's get out of here. And we finally left at four. So our, our connection in Dallas is canceled because we're not going to make that. Got to get rebooked. So it's only, it wasn't bad going out. But then coming back, instead of a red eye, we took a 7.30 at night out of Jacksonville to come back home. And once we got to the airport, they said, hey, flight's canceled. 45-mile-an-hour winds in Dallas. Blue skies in Jacksonville. Who gives a crap that on the other side of the country, it's windy. Wind stops every few minutes. And they canceled the flight and sent us home. Uh, We went back to my sister-in-law's house and lost a day. So moral of the story, first flight out, first flight out, 6 a.m., the plane's there, and I'm done taking red eyes. It's too risky. And I got a family, a family of four, so you can't go standby when you have four people, Tom. Yeah, (laughs) You'll love this last point on the story. My son's laughed. So my wife's trying to talk to the gate agent how we're going to get out of here. And I just looked at her and said, I got to go back home to work. She goes, what? I go, I got to get out of here. So she goes, go. So I go, I go over to Southwest from American Airlines. I go, what's your next flight tomorrow? Said 6 a.m. Book me. Now, some would think that was rude, leaving my family to fend for themselves. Well, my wife says, you're right. You got to get home to work. We're in no rush. She'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. She's smarter than you are. (laughs) They were rebooked the next day. And I came home and I just said to myself, I wanted to tell everybody, I am retiring from the red eye. Wow. You're going to judge the red eye on that one experience. Now, the the thing I always look for, the, the second I get to the airport, I'm guessing you're the same way, is the plane sitting there at the gate. I'm always relieved if the plane I need to get on is already sitting at the gate. And there's always that foreboding feeling when you get there. There's no, there's no... Um, there's no sign up that says it'll be delayed. Nothing on the screen, but when your your plane's not sitting at the it's 64B at LAX, and that's where your gate is, it always does make you a little bit nervous. Mine only. I went Spirit Airlines. They're famous for canceling and letting you fend for yourself. They have a terrible reputation, but a great reputation in terms of price. And I flew back east uh, on a, on a red eye and. Um, with Mike, with a connection through Florida to Washington, D.C., and then back to L.A. with no snafus. When you fly Spirit and you have no snafus, the second you get off the plane, you got to go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> what airlines did you use? Well, I'm never going to fly American again. Wow. Never. But I got to be careful with that because they could be a sponsor. Well, they could be a sponsor. And you're right. And you might have to fly them again because it might be the most convenient flight and you'll be in a hurry. No, no I won't fly them again. Why? You can't no, do that. No, I, won't, I won't. I won't fly them again. That, that's the there might be wind in Dallas if you take United. Yep. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait and get a hotel room <laughs> and do that. And uh, Southwest. I love Southwest. And I should have took Southwest going there. But my wife reminded me. I always want to squeeze every second out of my vacation. That's mm-hmm. why I take red eyes. I work I'm the same and way. I get on a plane. And then when I leave, I want to get another round of golf in and another extra day. I don't want to lose a whole day. I totally understand yeah. the red eye concept. So I'm going to uh, probably rethink that going forward. But again, we'll see what happens. Maybe Because well, we'll you know, during when, when we're not on daylight savings time, 
you can leave Vegas at 10 in the morning to go visit parents in Florida or New York, and you get there 11 to 1, 2. It's just, even if it's a direct flight, six hours, it's dark when you get there. You just rolled out of bed a couple hours ago, right? And the destination's already dark. You're wide awake. Then they want to go to bed at 11, and in your head, it's 7. So or eight, but the, yeah. So that that's that's why I'm a big fan of the red eye too. I'd rather be tired all day but see people than get there and have the sun go down when I just rolled out of bed a few hours ago. Well, that's it, and I hope that we're going to be traveling and having these uncomfortable moments. But I live in Vegas, where COVID again is going through the roof. We launched the podcast yeah. with COVID, talking about it. And once again, don't want to bring everybody down. Why JT is COVID going through the roof in Vegas? Oh, really? You don't think where everybody wants to come and act like an idiot and party and even leave their luggage and get in cars and drink and not have to wear a mask or not? You don't think we're going to have COVID here? This is the place where people drive in from LA and Southern California without being vaccinated and go, hey, I don't care about the people that live there. And this goes for people in Phoenix and Albuquerque yep. and everywhere else. We have people driving in. And then we have other unvaccinated people who are getting on airplanes coming to Vegas and spreading COVID. So our numbers are up again. And we are now under a mask mandate for employees, which, which means if you work in a business, you have to wear a mask. If you're a customer coming to the business, you don't have to. So think about that for a second. The, in, the, the employees who are vaccinated and did the right thing have to wear a mask and deal with people coming in who might not be vaccinated. Yeah. Does that sound fair? Well, this is no, it's not fair. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And to stick up for my lady, the city of Los Angeles, I think of all cities in the country, we do have the highest vaccination rate, but it's still not high enough. And uh, and it's not high enough throughout the country. And, you know, this is one of the things where science and the virus have said uh this isn't about politics get your goddamn vaccine and the science is proving it right and the virus is proving that you know uh, your political beliefs don't matter we're going to get you if, if you and that virus of uh, the new the new mutant virus the new strain can get you even if you're vaccinated although an enormous number there's been no deaths of anybody that's been vaccinated and very few hospitalizations so those numbers don't lie. Those numbers aren't political. The people in the hospital didn't get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And there's not much to argue with there. And we can to be a political weenie about. I love the term that everybody's using now. This is the now the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, I love that because, look, I've butted heads with some friends on this topic and. I could do that and I have great friends, so. Yep. We butt heads. We're still friends. But the individuals who are not vaccinated now, I believe. And of course, if you're a pregnant woman or, you know, there's, there's obviously people. No, we we understand, understand the variables. But, but let me get this out. The people who are unvaccinated now on purpose, they don't want to do it, are so fucking selfish because they have one thing in common. They do. And this is <clears throat> this is probably controversial, but it's true. They have absolutely no respect for the people who died or the people who got sick because what they justify is they say, well, I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't want to put that in my arm. I don't want the government to tell me, don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. I want to be independent. Okay. I get that. But those people all have one thing in common. They never took COVID seriously to begin with. They don't believe it could kill them. 
They don't believe it could get them sick. And all the people who died and got sick and were taken to death's door, they don't want to talk about that because it makes them so fucking uncomfortable that they want to change the subject. So I can just sit here and say, hey, don't get vaccinated. I think I have a nice voice on the radio, not my actual voice, but a platform on this podcast or on the radio to say, hey, get vaccinated. Stephen A. Smith went on with Don Lemon on CNN and we were texting back and forth. And I said, hey, I'm proud of you. You said get vaccinated. And you told everybody you got vaccinated. He did that because he has the largest voice in all of cable sports. So instead of saying like psycho Tucker Carlson or someone else, hey, I'm not going to tell you if I got vaccinated or I'm not going to say it's right or wrong. Stephen A said, I'll go right into this. Maybe by saying this, I can help people. And I think you talked about the lack of respect. What about the lack of respect for your grandmother or your mother? If you've got an old mother or old grandmother and you're not getting a vaccine, you know, across the street from me, the old people all got sick because the young people didn't get vaccines. And it's, you know, and the old people were in their seventies and the grandfather is 88 with a liver transplant. They got him sick. He survived, which is a miracle. I saw him with a beer the other day. God bless him. But uh, but they're not moving around like they were before. The 75-year-old lady across the street who takes care of old people who are younger than her, she's amazing. But she's not walking around like she did before her grandchildren gave her COVID. And it's people just, uh, and I think that it's the cognitive dissonance, dissonance sometimes. People don't, people think it's for other people and that's always the danger when there is any type of uh, virus going around as people think it's others. I'm not part of that group. And as soon as you disassociate yourself like that, you're going to get bitten. I'm surprised the people who haven't been vaccinated, or maybe some of them are swayed by the people on social media you see who are on ventilators, who are saying, I was a denier. I'm sorry I was a denier. And I don't know if I'm going to live, but I want to tell everybody it's real. Get your vaccine. These are the same people who believe that there were some really good people at the insurrection. You know, as as he's (laughs) overrun and people are sticking poles in their helmets and they're like, you know, there were some really good people there just showed up and just wanted to walk. Really good people. They're killing cops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they wanted to do that. But again, the last thing on on the vaccine is it's incredible. I'm so so upset that I live in a place in Vegas, which, you know, I could be the head of the chamber of commerce here. Who knows yeah, who you Vegas love Vegas. more than yep. me? And the fact that we have to coax people into gambling to be in a lottery. And yesterday, as we record this yesterday, there was a 50, $50,000 winner, 50,000 and four $25,000 winners. So these assholes waited. They could have gotten in line. They could have gotten in line in January, February, March, right. right? The vaccine's ready. They said, no, 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 no. I'm a denier. I don't want to do it. Then they go, oh, my God, the governor is going to play a game like bingo lottery. And that if, if I get vaccinated now because I'm such an asshole and I didn't do it months ago, I could be in the lottery and win. And a bunch of people that won a lot of money because their name was picked out of a hat because they decided now to get a vaccination. I mean. This is the world we're living in right now. I can't make it up. I thought 
when it started going down that, well, this is something that can bring us together like 9-11. Uh, and this is something that can bring us together where everyone will be on the same page. Okay, we have to fight this. We have to do what's right. We have to mask up. We have to listen to the doctors and not make them enemies. So if I listen to the people who did their homework and uh, went to the library and got good grades and did their homework and all band together for each other so we don't get sick. How foolish was I? to think that this wouldn't get political because it couldn't because it was science. Well, again, I, I, I want to get off this because okay. people are here to be entertained on our podcast. I think as we finish each other's <laughs> sentence, but that's incredible. Hey, Rolling Stones tickets went on sale for Vegas. Oh my God. So I met my wife at a Rolling Stones concert and I love this. The Stones are back. Uh, they don't complain about the pandemic. They got their vax. They're ready to go. They're ready. Charlie Watts is now in his 80s. The other oh, yeah. guys are in the 70s. So <laughs> they all have a pre-existing under- condition. Oh, their yeah, age. They're yeah, they're old. And I'm going to go do that. I'm going to get some tickets for that. Uh, and- you know, what's amazing is do what you do, what you want for a living. So it doesn't feel like work and you'll live a long time. Think of all the drugs they did. And they're still fine. It's because they've defied. And, you know, look at how fat Tommy Lasorda was. And he was 95. There's not normally people that fat who are 95, but he died at 95. Well, because of COVID. But he also, because he was that old and that overweight because he was loving what he was doing for a living. And, you know, I I just had a birthday, JT, a very insignificant birthday because I'm a very young man. But nevertheless, I partied three different nights. And I still have this great... Uh, sentiment for my first concert, which was the Rolling Stones, which ruined a lot of other concerts for me because I thought, oh, wow, this is, I was 15. Oh, this is a concert. This is amazing. There's naked people everywhere. There's 90,000 people. Everyone's smoking. Well, all concerts might be, must be like this. And then Mick Jagger came out. I never saw anybody on stage. I knew their music, but I didn't know what they looked like. I never saw anybody command a stage like that. It was fascinating. You couldn't take your eyes off them. And but uh, it kind of ruined every other concert for a while because I thought it was like after seeing Breaking Bad, I didn't know what to watch. After you see the Rolling Stones the first time, you're like, wow, that's a concert. And every once in a while, when I have too many margaritas or coronas, I will flip on and drive everybody crazy. A Rolling Stones concert on YouTube and just let it go down the rabbit hole of another Rolling Stones song at another concert and another concert. And there's still nothing. I'm not real sentimental about music the way other people are. And I love music and I love new music and old music. But when it comes to the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger's ability to command a stage at his age, the same way he did when he was 30. Incredible. Amazing. I don't know how many miles, but I'm such a Stones freak. And again, it's a big connection for me and my wife. When Mick goes to a city and if he goes to Buffalo, because my buddies knew the story in Buffalo. He'll get there a day or two early and he'll sightsee and he'll run. He runs. Right. In the city and does that because he's got to run so many miles. I think it's over, I think it's over 10 miles a show or something like that. He runs on stage. So he's fit and he continues to be fit and does that. So, you know, that's one of the keys to their success was always a theory of mine. They were skinny and they stayed skinny like rock stars normally are in their teens and 20s and those guys who play the guitar at school that always get the girls and they have long hair and they smoke cigarettes and they're skinny and they play guitar abs always come with a guitar i don't know why and uh and the the way the rolling stones unlike crosby stills nash and young or crosby stills and nash and others they didn't balloon 
Oh, like and Vince up, Neal and Axel Rose, Axel Rose and Vince Neal. Right. Both in hiding, play a fun game. Google either one of them. They're both coming on door. There's not a picture. There's not a picture. Supposedly they're both in hiding, literally in hiding with trainers trying to look like rock stars again. Well, yes. And that's one thing the Rolling Stones did. The Rolling Stones fans never felt like they were getting old because the Rolling Stones, their faces got older. But their bodies, they still all have Ron Wood, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, and Charlie Watts still all have, are all built like they're 25. It's unbelievable. I don't believe, I believe in a peaceful protest. Mm -hmm. I do. And I even evolved on Kaepernick with you a long time ago. You know, initially when Kaepernick took a knee, I went nuts. And then, you know, I don't like Kaepernick and I don't like a lot of his beliefs, but he peacefully protest. Right. And I came around on it and everybody should. If you go on Twitter and if you look and you just put in U.S. women's national team kneeling, our women soccer players got smoked three nothing to open up the Olympic Games before the opening ceremonies. And they, along with Sweden, took a knee before the game and the country's going crazy because they're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't college football. This isn't the NFL. This isn't this is the Olympics. You're getting paid to go there from the United States, the IOC. They're raising money for you to go there, and you're taking a knee. And I said to myself, I go, okay, hold on. They took a knee for racism, mm-hmm. and they didn't hate their country. because And soccer is a sport that's embedded with racism. We just saw that with the England loss, mm-hmm. and the English fans went after their own black players. So I wanted to ask you where you stand on this with American athletes representing this country internationally in the Olympic Games protesting. It's a conversation that people don't like to have race. That's why even like critical race theory is a great wedge issue for some people because it's got the word race in it and it's got the word race in it. People don't in our culture don't want to talk about it, but we've got to. And especially remember when the Kaepernick thing happened and I said, what's Tom Brady think? What's Tom Brady think? It doesn't matter what black athletes think. It matters what white athletes think. And I said, black lives matter would never matter until non-blacks started marching with them, which is what happened last year. And this is why it's so important for people who don't look, people who aren't of color to take knees and to talk about the issue and be willing to, more importantly, listen mm-hmm. about the issue. And it's something we still have to talk about, whether people like it or not. We can't evolve with any issue unless we talk about it and raise awareness. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they did it. Well, I'll tell you, this is interesting about this because I will put this at the top of my list. Okay. We have a lot of people who get triggered about LeBron. They don't like LeBron. He wore right. You know, LeBron's very political, very political at times, not in a bad way. He just speaks his mind on politics. He will continue to do that. But so there's a there's a lot of fans that root against LeBron. I notice there are a lot of people, a lot of people who are rooting against our own American team. Now, there are people and you'll learn all about their politics. Right. Some of these people actually go on Facebook and they say, I hope these women lose. I'm rooting against them now. And they're Americans because they did this. So it's a really big divisive topic, Megan Raponi and others where the, the, where the, the fan and some of the fans say, Oh my God, I will never buy one of their products and endorsements. I will never support them again because they did this in Tokyo before a game representing the country. 
And it wasn't a big topic on my show all week, but a lot of people talked about it on social media. Maybe yeah. they're more comfortable being anonymous on social media, which we talk about. Well, yeah, and what's fascinating over the, that's evolved about social media with us over the years is our observation is that the people aren't even anonymous anymore. It's someone holding up their child, talking about their love of the Lord, and telling a Kobe rape joke. Which is I just that's just an example from when I was hosting that people will you have their face be in charge of a charity and forget they're in charge of a charity and that they're holding their daughter and say awful things a social political and it's so much easier to just go online and say something kind. Uh, it's so it's it, it's I don't understand. I'm fascinated by how people will put their face on it. And what people are saying when they're outraged about these women is, oh, my God, race again. I don't want to talk about race. And what does that say about you if people out there are hurting based on their skin color and they would like to make us aware of it and you don't want to hear it? What that means you're part of the problem yep. and not part of the solution. And we have to always try to be part of the solution, whether we want to hear it or not. We at least we don't have to speak, but we should listen. Absolutely. Uh, there's one other thing I want to mention here as we are podcasting and we're excited about this. I am just thrilled now that I'm going to go to the movies. Oh. don't know where I'm going. My wife and I are going to go to the movies. We are uh. not afraid. We are not scared. I don't know what the mandate is, but you and I love movies. I had Lights Camera Jackson on the show this week. Uh, Jackson Great. Murphy, acclaimed movie critic, and he gave me a whole bunch of movies, maybe to see old M, M. Night Shyamalan. I will not see Space Jam, but I might see <laughs> There's a bunch of movies, Matt Damon, Stillwater. There's some other movies. So big part of my life with my wife is going to the movies. We don't like to go to the movies with human beings. We like to go at times where there's no one there because people eat like cows. <laughs> they take their shoes off, and they do things that disgust me. But hopefully uh, next podcast I'll have a movie review. Is there anything that you suggest we all go see or – Oh, no, I haven't. And I haven't been to the movies since March of 2020. Isn't that amazing? Me, Mr. Moviegoer. But I haven't either. And I haven't been back. And I'm looking forward. You've just encouraged me to do it. And maybe I'll try to get to something by the next podcast so we can talk about our movie going experience. Make sure you wear your mask, even though you've been vaccinated. You got to be careful indoors because of the uh, current uh, epidemic of the non-vaccinated. This is the epidemic of the non-vaccinated, mm -hmm. and hopefully more people will get vaccinated by the next time they download the JT and Looney podcast. Wow, you listened to the whole podcast. Thank you so much. The JT and Looney podcast is powered by Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm supposed to say that at the end. And this is the end, to quote Jim Morrison. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.